0: Hey guys, welcome to the show, my name is Kristen, I'm your host and life coach, and this is Modern Day Asians. Sarah currently lives in Wilmington, North Carolina and is pursuing a business degree in international business. Sarah is a third generation American and her ethnicity is French Canadian, German, British and Japanese. From her study abroad trip to Japan, her inspiration is to work for a Japanese cosmetics company when she finishes her degree. In this episode, we talk about Sarah's favorite holidays and traditional Japanese food. We talk about food being a love language for many ethnic cultures, which holidays our previous generation parents have adapted to. Sarah speaking support with her struggle of her identity as a Japanese American. She experiences imposter syndrome, especially when she expresses her love for Japanese culture and people doubt her claim because she does not look Japanese. When people doubt her claims, she feels less confident in presenting herself to the world. With imposter syndrome, it is important to start reflecting on your internal values first, the core of oneself, before going into external characteristics, such as physical appearances towards others. We use a visualization exercise to draw a reference in her past life where she fully shows up for herself so she can use that to channel the confident energy when she needs it. Let's welcome Sarah to the show.
1: Well, I am a third-generation Japanese-American. My grandmother, my mom's mother, emigrated here from Japan. She grew up in Hiroshima. So I would say I am a
0: quarter Japanese. Mm-hmm. And then tell us tell us your father's side and that portion as well. Sure. Um, my dad is... Half French
1: Canadian, a quarter, a quarter English, and a quarter German, I believe. But he really knows more about the French Canadian and British side of this family. My last name is Birkenshaw, which is British. So that comes from that. And um, my mom is, I believe, a quarter French Canadian. So there's a lot of
0: that in my family as well. Yeah. That's so cool and, and interesting as well as just being like you still being able to tell us what <laughs> yeah. you're mixed with, um, which is just so great because, first of all, you have three cultures, right? It's almost mm-hmm. you have like that French Canadian background. You also have that Japanese culture, too, as well that mm-hmm. you're still connected with. Um, so in relevance to the Asian community. What are some traditions, Japanese traditions that you still practice within your family or, or things like that to try to keep the heritage alive? What are some things maybe around holidays, etc.
1: Yeah, like? of course. We definitely always celebrated holidays, um, especially New Year's, which is a pretty big holiday in Asia. The Japanese New Year at least now, coincides with the Western New Year. It's um, it's not the same as the lunar calendar. I'm not really sure why in Japan they changed it to that, but they did, so we've always celebrated that, and when I was younger, we celebrated Girls' Day and Children's Day, mm-hmm. so my mom tried to have just little bits of holidays, and she always would get me little picture books about the Japanese holidays in English, of course, since my grandmother never taught either of us the language, but she tried to keep a lot of the knowledge in there and we would make some Japanese food. Uh, my mom's favorite to make was Nodimaki, which is like a sushi roll, but it has omelet and vegetables in it instead of sushi since my mom is allergic to shellfish.
2: Mm-hmm. So we
1: wouldn't have a ton of fish in the house. So that was something easy for her to make that she could always eat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there were a few other things we would make as well. And um, no shoes in the house was another big one to as far of the culture, since her mom was very strict about that as most Asians are. And um, yeah, I think that, I think that's the the biggest part of the culture that my mom brought into the household.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. is celebration of culture is what yeah. I hear. Um, I think also in Chinese culture, there is a holiday for women and children um mm-hmm. I don't know too much about it actually I've the main cultures or the main holidays that we really celebrated would be lunar new year and um also the moon festival too oh, as yeah. well um nothing too big though but just eating like the pastries mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of the moon festival and I'm trying to think what else I think with lunar with lunar new year there was um more it was more of a a festival so for us Mm. like we had my mom's a big cook so we'll have like dumplings we'll have traditional like fish dishes too as well um not so much like the turkey (laughs) or, (laughs) or anything like that but there will be she'll probably do you know maybe 10 or 12 dishes when it comes to like that that major holiday um so yeah so what were your favorite foods um traditional Japanese food that you enjoy eating um well
1: like I said I like the Nodibaki since my mom and my grandma always made that when I was growing up
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and um I really love Japanese food it's definitely got to be one of my favorites especially after studying abroad there and getting to experience that food on a daily basis with my host family. Uh, I really like all sorts of it. I think uh udon is one of my favorites mm-hmm. because it's so versatile. You can make it with just about anything. You can have it in a hot soup in the winter or since I was there in the summer for study abroad, we would have cold noodles and we would dip it in a cold sauce. So I just love that you can do so much with that.
0: Yeah. I do like udon noodle too as well. Uh, um, So yes, this is making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. And have you by far like know how to make some of these traditional foods on your own? Some of it. Yeah. Um, My mom didn't make as much of it when
1: I was growing up. She was Um, pretty sick when I was a kid so she didn't do a lot of elaborate meals and I did spend a lot of time with my grandma growing up and she would make me some of that but um, unfortunately by the time she passed I hadn't been able to spend much time with her to learn how to cook from her but Mm -hmm. I have been trying to do different recipes. I found different udon and soba recipes for soups. I looked up an okonomiyaki recipe and I've been meaning to make it but it takes a while and it makes a lot so I've been trying to find a good occasion to invite a bunch of friends over for it but I am very excited to try that one out
0: yeah yeah that sounds delicious and I do find that there are times when I do want to make traditional Chinese food and it's just like the groceries I mean it's like I have to go Mm -hmm. to a uh, a different grocery store I can't get certain ingredients or if I like for instance wanted to make dumplings then I would have to like there's a lot more prep work yeah. that's involved <laughs> in time to just to get that started um so I would say that like for me it would be there's a there's opportunities for me to learn more about the food that I make because yeah for me, the, the way I grew up is my mom was a big cook, but she would do all the cooking while we were in school. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to see the work or, you know, be part of the process because she would, in mm-hmm. order to feed us, she would cook. Um, she would cook a whole week's meal out and put put it in Tupperwares for us so when we come yeah. home from school we just put it in the microwave, heat it up and then eat it. So we didn't have a lot of sit down together meals, but my mom was able to um, plan ahead for us yeah. so that we can eat food when we're ready to eat food. Uh, so that was, that was like how she operated and make sure that we were fed from her busy schedule and her not being home. Yeah. That's how she mealed prep for us, which I was just like, Wow, thinking about that now, I'm so appreciative uh, because that is one of the main things that I missed from Mm -hmm. moving away from my family is the authentic Chinese food that I got to eat all the time.
1: Yeah, that definitely sounds uh, really nice. So definitely, definitely must be missing that.
0: Yeah, and I, I do know too as well, is um food and in these type of cultures is the way that we we show love for each yeah. other and like my mom never really said you know she wasn't really vocal but she showed through acts of service and like making sure that we were fed every meal was a mm-hmm. way that she showed love for us because I was asking you know other families too as well. I think I connected one time with like an Indian uh Indian lady and when she was talking about like her household and how she grew up she never learned how to cook for herself because her mom was a doctor and they ordered out all the time for food and and that was like I was like wow that's that's the lifestyle that you grew up in is like it's so eye-opening and I just was thinking about how how much I re- like was great grateful for my mom being able to feed us um the meals. But anyways. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. So, you know, it's holiday season. That's why I'm talking about holidays, guys. Yeah. We just explore, we just celebrated Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is interesting because I think about how cultures start to mesh. And Traditionally, yes, Thanksgiving is an American holiday, obviously, and because we were home from school, I think we kind of at a point where my mom was like, oh, yeah, it's American holiday, and so she did decide to celebrate it, which is awesome, I'm thinking, like, hey, I don't think she quite understands, (laughs) (laughs) like, the whole pilgrimage journey, Mm -hmm. and and all of that the colonization that happened behind it but she because she's been in the states for so long and that it's a holiday one of the major holidays in the states that is one that she did chose to participate in um so you know for us it's just another spread of eating well and um and just enjoying family time together so what what about you guys um how do you guys celebrate thanksgiving
1: um, we do celebrate it pretty traditionally, um, kind of like what you said, where your parents kind of adapted to it. My my grandparents kind of did the same. My grandma, of course, didn't grow up with any of that. So, she started doing that as well. So, my mom kind of saw that transition with holidays, but by the time it came to me, she really wanted to have that American holiday. So, mm-hmm. we've always celebrated pretty traditionally, just gathering the family from both sides and having the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the pumpkin pie and all that. So we, we have a pretty American Thanksgiving, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Do you guys celebrate any Canadian holidays by chance? Um, We do not actually. Um,
1: Unfortunately, despite having so much French Canadian in me and having a pretty direct chain of of heritage that I can that I can actually track we don't really have a lot of the culture or the language my grandmother on my dad's side is completely French Canadian and she grew up speaking French and English bilingually she went to a school that was half English and half French Canadian and her whole family is French Canadian but that never really got passed down to me, which is kind of a shame. I think it's because she was working my entire childhood. She didn't retire until after my family, my parents and I moved to North Carolina. So I didn't really get as much of that. So I am grateful that my grandmother on my mom's side, my Japanese grandmother was retired by the time I was young. And I got to spend so much time with her and really get that culture ingrained in me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I actually don't know that much about Canadian culture, but I do know that they um, there's a couple of Canadians that I've been able to interview, and they actually do have pretty diverse pockets of you know multicultural communities in within Canada, and so it'd be interesting because I don't think I've ever know you know, but some of the national holidays that Canadians um, celebrate and the meaning behind that. So I'm just curious. Really just um, on, you know, I, I wanted to be able to talk about all the aspects of you and not just that 25%, yeah, of um, course. but just being curious with that being said, but anyways, um, so now we're kind of moving into, we're moving into the portion of the show where I get to support or coach you on um, any particular challenges that you're facing in your life right now, whether that's, um, you know, something personal has happened to you, or you are trying to get closer to your goal, or whatever the goal is. So how can I support you with during the remainder of the time?
1: Um, I'd say I would like some help with just feeling a little bit more confident in my identity. We've talked a little bit about how I do have a lot of different facets to who I am, as far as my background, my culture, and who I want to be and what direction I'm going in. I have a few different goals, and I guess being who I am and the confidence in that is an issue that I struggle with. We spoke about how I want to work in Japan for a while, getting into that cosmetics industry and living there temporarily for work, and sometimes I feel like identifying with the japanese side of myself it's only 25% and i don't look super japanese and so i feel like wanting that goal of connecting with my culture more is sometimes
0: something that i shouldn't want mm-hmm. yeah and i hear you for wanting to figure out the identity piece cuz identity is so multifaced because It's not even just when you talk about your identity, it's not even just talking about like your ethnic background and what you can say, because the facts are is, you know, you're French Canadian and you're also Japanese and you live in America. So there's so many levels of complexity here. But starting with the core with identity work, let's talk about you shedding off those layers of you know, with, with just saying, okay, the culture and the customs, because that comes in later, but let's starting with the core, which is you. So Sarah, I'd love to hear about when you think about yourself, what are some characteristics or traits that come up for you that makes you who you are?
1: Um, I'd say that I am a pretty ambitious person and I am very loyal. I have strong morals. I'm creative. I'd say that I'm a dreamer. I have a lot of different ideas that I want to bring into reality and uh, I'm hardworking and I really, really want to get to those goals. So I guess I'm very goal oriented and um, I'd say that I'm probably an introvert and that's a big character trait I'd say. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Depending on who you are, there are some people who are naturally confident and some that aren't. And for me being not a very naturally confident person I, I guess you're you're right that it really does take courage and I just never thought about it.
0: Yeah, so what areas in your life do you think that there could be some opportunity to show courage?
1: Um, I guess there's always an opportunity to show courage, but I think there are just a lot of different
0: small ways for that. Um, yeah, small is or- good. So let's start off with like just small because we're not really yeah. trying to hit this out of the park right <laughs> we're not gonna um you know go from a zero to hundred real quick As for that um it could be
1: just taking an extra opportunity that I may be nervous to do for example at, at work I may be I could use a little bit of courage to try something new or suggest something new with uh, my coworkers and just try to improve things a little bit where I may be kind of scared to speak out and against the way that things are going. If I see something that can be improved,
0: I could speak up about it. Exactly. So speaking up is one of the common things that Asians face. I feel like because we're taught to be muted and not to take up too much attention. So a lot of that structural stuff has been passed on from generation to generation as a, te- a yeah. survival tactic. And it still exists in present day to where A, we're not as so much in a in scenario where we need to survive mm-hmm. um, in terms of like getting food, shelter, you know, basic essential needs. So that doesn't really like serve us anymore to not be able to speak up. And I hear this all the time, you know, injustices happen. And as a community, you don't hear a lot of that opportunity to speak up and to voice that is, Hey, we're not going to keep quiet anymore. So this being an incredible opportunity for you because right now you're in project management and you're a coordinator, which means you're seeing a lot of movement mm-hmm. and managing, um, a set of events that needs to happen in order to make that final project happen. Yes, yeah. so you might be doing a lot of the admin stuff or the task, mm-hmm. um, that piece, However, that puts you in in a great, awesome position because you're seeing all the pieces and the movement come together,
2: Yeah,
0: which makes it a great opportunity for you to make a suggestion. Hey, I just wanted to explore, is this an area that we might be looking into because I see this as a process improvement opportunity? And and, um, I can see how this is, so relative to your work um so going into that knowing that there is an opportunity to stretch yourself a little bit I call Mm -hmm. these stretching moments where there's still elasticity like there's still give but it's not like okay a a concrete move it has to you know be set you have so much expectations to knock it out of the park but they're tiny little moves to get you to being fully confident. Um, So with that being said, the identity piece is slowly going to unfold the more you're able to um, advocate for yourself, just you as a human being, minus the identity piece where where the culture and the ethic stuff comes in. With that being said, so let's draw and reference. I want you to think of a time where you felt like you were really confident. You were a full body. Yes. Last time I
2: experienced that.
1: Honestly, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I am not the most confident person, but I'd say that Um,
2: it was probably.
1: Actually, I think it was probably when I got into my master's program that I just started this fall semester, I was, I don't know why, but I was worried about getting into this one particular program that I really wanted at UNC Greensboro and I was just worried because I didn't have a whole lot of career experience, I had just started my career and I had I had pretty good grades in college. I graduated with honors, but it wasn't anything too special. So I guess I was just kind of worried since I know that master's programs can be difficult to get into and they're kind of limited, but I felt really, really good about myself when I got the acceptance letter and Knowing that I would be getting a higher education and getting into that master's program. It just made me feel happy and confident and intelligent.
0: Yeah. And it's, I want to recognize you for being able to do your undergrad with honors. And that is no, you know, is no small task for you to accomplish that. Like took hard work, dedication, a lot of the stuff that you had said you know, ambitiousness and the goal-oriented mindset to be able to get to that point. And, you know, as we reflect on life, we all have to start from somewhere in our careers. We'll have no experience. We have all this educational background and, and it comes down to, can you confidently sell yourself to your employer that you are a valued member when they when you joined the team, right? So yeah. wanting, you to re- wanting you to reference how you felt, hey, I felt really good at this moment given all my negative self-talk, which was, you know, it's nothing special that I got honors, you know, in undergrad and it's nothing special, this or this, but there was a point where you felt, yes, I know I can believe in myself and I deserve to be in this program. So here it is, here it is, emissions person. So what it is, what I'm trying to get to is you have an experience of confidence. So now what we're gonna do is in times when you feel uncertain is to, hey, how can I put on my power stance? Whatever, whatever that is. And reference this moment that I believe in myself, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, mm-hmm. but in really embodying that experience that you had because um, this is what's going to help you anchor to a particular experience you had so that you can tap and reference memories to, to remind yourself you do have the self-confidence. You have gotten there before. And you can yeah. utilize any time that you need it. Um, does that does that sound does that sound good? Yeah, it does. Okay, perfect. So, um, it just invited you to close your eyes and thinking back about that moment where there was some uncertainty. You didn't know if you were going to be accepted into the program.
2: You're doing great.
0: And just thinking about
2: something inside of you happened where you were so confident that you were worth it. So getting back to that memory, just give me a nod when you've gotten that. Perfect. So what is happening inside your body as you think about that moment? Um, I guess thinking about that moment just makes me feel a little lighter, I guess. Mm -hmm.
0: And where is the source of you being fully confident in your abilities? For instance, a lot of my feeling come from my heart or my gut. Uh, and that will communicate to me and my body, what are some of the decisions when I'm in the middle making decisions, I get signals, I get connection. Is like, you know, that gut feeling or like a heart feeling, which direction I want to go? So did any of that occur for you when you were in that position? of taking this courageous step.
1: Now that you mentioned it, um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I felt that in, in my, in my heart, in my gut that it was, it was just the right thing to do. And I guess, I guess that part of me felt like if I did that, then things would kind of work out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So just connecting with your heart. So just put your hand on your heart and one on your stomach, and just thinking back at that moment. Just closing your eyes and sending some breaths there.
2: Just really letting the breaths expand your stomach. Deep, gentle breaths.
0: We're talking about you, your internal body, trying to send you a message that it is the right thing to do.
2: Is there any kind of signals or anything like that internally as you think about? those two areas of your body? Um, A little bit,
0: yeah. And where is that present? More in my heart, I'd say. Your heart is, okay. So your heart leads
2: the decisions? Yeah.
0: Okay, perfect. So we're gonna start trusting trusting the heart to lead you to powerful decisions and courageous moves as you go about showing up for yourself at, in the workplace and letting your heart be that leading indicator this is your your heart is your source essentially
2: yeah.
0: that will help you make those small courageous moves and another way to deepen this we, I call this embodimentally your mind and your body and your spirit are always constantly talking to you so what that means said intuition comes in and intuition is like something that guides you to help you make decisions without, and here's the key thing, without fear. Mm -hmm. Have you ever made a decision where you just made it and then you didn't consider like worst case scenario? Yeah. (laughs) That is intuitive thinking. Yeah. And that's where we want to start making our decisions is intuitive thinking, okay, how can I step out of what this parameter is um and make those small courageous steps so you having to experience that you were uh, you were confident this is the right thing to do for me to take that big step you can take that with you to any areas of your life and that source becomes so powerful that regardless what anyone else says or how they react you are unshakable Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Okay. So, talking about your identity, because you had really strong characteristics here, I just want to lead you through a quick exercise Mm -hmm. on visualizing what confident Sarah looks like. Yeah. Are you open to that? Yes. Perfect. So, going to ask you to close your eyes again
2: mm-hmm.
0: and just inviting in you know think about if you can invite yourself and just tell yourself that you're in a safe space that you're listened to you're respected
2: and that you're going to invite that creativity
0: to come in because that is one of your strongest traits yeah. Welcoming, creativity, there are no right or wrong answers. So I want you to imagine going into a room where there are a lot of people that you don't know.
2: And the moment that you step into this room, what would you like people to see about you? I would like them to see someone who is kind and caring and smart, but also strong and someone who will work hard, but also be an ally to other people and help them as well. Beautiful.
0: Now let's get into how you present yourself. What is your posture? What are you wearing? What
2: screams you? I would be, I would be standing tall and straight, just good posture. And, um, I'd be wearing,
1: like, I guess, something that's nice, but not too nice. Not really something formal, just more casual, but clean. Um, I'd probably be wearing makeup. I feel the most confident and the most myself when I'm wearing
0: makeup. Well, I guess that's a. Uh, That's it. it. (laughs) So let's think about energetics. All right. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're around people and you get certain energies, what kind of energy would you like to project?
2: I guess I would want to project, um, I would want to
1: seem very confident, but also open. So approachable and welcoming and kind, but confident and strong.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And if you were to put any visuals to what an approachable or welcoming energy will look like, what would that be? Is there any colors associated with it? Like how can you describe it
2: more of that energy? I guess kind of um warm, so maybe softer, warmer colors. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So you want people to feel that you are warm when you're around other people and that you are an approachable person, easy to talk to type of person. Beautiful. Okay. So now that we have this visual for you to reference, exercises or statements, powerful statements that can get you to remind yourself of this version of you that you want to project out to the world?
2: Um, I guess for statements, just,
1: I guess more affirmative statements, like telling myself that I am a warm person. So Mm -hmm. there's no reason to feel like other people wouldn't think that
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: What are some other statements um, that could be relative to, to this new version of Sarah that she Mm -hmm.
2: wants to project out to the world?
1: Uh, I guess it's like, I, like, I'm kind and caring and I'm strong. I have accomplished things. I have Reached goals. I've worked for, and just I guess kind of reminders to myself that I I am this way and I have accomplished these things. So just kind of just affirming that this is who I am and who I can be as long as I'm as long as I'm open to and that I have the courage really to acknowledge that and to continue working towards that.
0: Exactly, self reassurance. it's going to be helpful for you because you, I'm sure that there's a lot of accomplishments that didn't, that maybe didn't get your love, didn't receive your love and attention that you got yourself there. And, you know, an exercise perhaps after we, um, after we close the call, but for you to reflect on your proud and achieving moments. Moments where you stepped out of courage and that you can do again or amplify that to another opportunity to be more courageous. And that will help you shape up the confidence piece on, hey, I've done this. I am warm. I am caring. I am worthy. And then that will start to incorporate into your daily life and how you show up in front of people because you are those statements and you believe in it and people are going to feel and see that so as another thing for you to reference to as well are there any role models or someone that you admire that have these characteristics that you like that you want to show up in the world just like them who
2: would
1: that be Um, I'd, I'd say it would actually probably be my mom, um, a very um, common answer, but I really do admire all of the things that my mom has done, the strength and the courage that she's had and the, the warmth that she gives off and how she's been able to work hard and accomplish things and how she a lot of her success has been with other people in mind wanting to share my grandma's story of growing up in Hiroshima and going through the bomb and everything and just educating people on that and advocating for the Asian American community and I just I I admire that kindness and that selflessness but the the strength and the hard work that went into all of that she's just just as someone that I definitely want to be like.
0: Yeah. And that's such a beautiful answer that you have an actual role model in your life that, and, and going back to the energetics to piece as well, you've also said that I would like for people to feel warmth when they're in my presence and just keep being able to keep that in mind that it will come and that you also have great role models in your life that's already doing what you want to show the, show up. And most of the time you are showing that, Sarah. It's Thank just a you. matter of, I mean, I feel it through you, through this call. I felt it through your mom during this call. It is simply just like being able to give yourself the credit and and acknowledging that you are doing these things already. Yeah. It's just being more intentional about it, that you're, yeah. that you are doing it and celebrating those moments, those stretches, giving yourself the credit for that stuff. Cause no one else is going to give that to you, that acceptance letter from, you know, school, we base, it's, it becomes dangerous when we start to base our achievements from external circumstances. Yeah. And the challenge here is how can I give that recognition to myself and not depend on external circumstances to give that to me? Yeah. So your your growth here is figuring out how can I be the source of these things and not Mm -hmm. not look for that external validation?
2: Yeah.
0: Right. So this is makes sense for you. Hopefully, um, I was able to help you understand how to approach the whole identity work, but identity work is so important, but normally it needs to start more at who you are as a person. If you were to just strip away everything that you look physically, but who you are inside first. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, do you have any questions on what we talked about? I would love to hear any takeaways, what was enlightened for you um, during the process of this call?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was very helpful. Um, you, you're definitely right about needing to look inward for validation. That is something that I've always struggled with and uh, just the, the exercises and the, and the phrasing and all that, it definitely helps me see from a different perspective. And it's definitely something that I can start using in my daily life to feel more confident and to use that courage and just take those small steps and just um, be able to validate myself and my own feelings. It's definitely really helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable um, during our call. I really appreciate you and you being able to show up and share with others what it is that you're going through. Because I know a lot of people are going to resonate with what you've just you, what you've said to me. So appreciate yeah. you um, again just spending this, this time with me, and um, I can't wait to follow up with you in a couple weeks to see your progress and journey yeah of course
1: yeah and thank you thank you so much for having me on here and uh just letting me share this part of myself and helping me work on this
0: thank you for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it please subscribe as well as share it to someone who you think can resonate with this i would like to if you can, to visit the website in the link and sign up to my email list and I will give you a freebie. That is my three journaling prompts to start your self-discovery journey. And with email updates, I will share updates with any events that I have going on, offers, and as well as coaching programs available to help you process and support you through your journey and growth thank you again so much for listening and until next time peace and many blessings